Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday Celebration Service for the Center of Spiritual Living in Huntsville, Alabama. We hope you feel the grace, the beauty, and the love of our community as you hear the message of the week. And so we breathe into that beautiful space, space of harmony, that space of reverence. And thank you, Bob, for that beautiful music that established us in a flow of an emerging expression, a lyric expression from a one life that is always revealing itself in the sacred now. And so we tap into that flow, that flow of life. We smile, trusting in this life that is living through us, loving through us, knowing through us, expressing through us, revealing itself as us in this mystery of belonging to the universe, the one song, one life, God's life, perfect, our life. And we breathe into this intimate connection and we rest as that. There's nothing to do. We have arrived in the sacred now moment. There is that which is awake. We open our eyes and we look out from that awake place, knowing that all we see is ourself, that there is this one life endlessly unfolding itself as us. Look at the beautiful weather we're having today out there. A week ago today, I was in Columbus, Ohio, at the Circle of Love gathering in this beautiful place where the indigenous people had come to gather their flint for their tools. And so this place where we had the event was on sacred holy ground. They'd even created a dome of light for the indigenous people to be remembered. And so I called in the ancestors and I felt their presence throughout that time that I was there. And so what if when we go to a spiritual event, we carry back something of ourself with us that's bigger? I invited them there to put on the mind of light that Sri Aurobindo says. And when you put on the mind of light, you begin to see things differently. It's no longer Loa's pride looking through your eyes, but there is this luminous perception that by its very nature sees things not from our judgmental egoic perception, 
but it sees things from a, a luminous place of interconnectedness. And so the lumina dei, the light of God, and the lumina natura, the light within nature, they come together. And then they create within us a container of light and love. And then we open that container so that it can express itself freely in the world, being what it is. Sri Nargasadatta, he said, be. I'm not going to say be who you are because you don't have a clue who you are. Just be. What if the universe is telling us to be, to be who you are, and what you are is this expression of the one life? Well, then what's it supposed to look like? Well, you can't know, can you? Because the one life, once it starts to reveal itself, by its very nature is going to surprise you. Well, you mean I'm everything and I'm nothing? Yeah. You mean I'm a frog that's going to sing the rainbow connection later on? I would venture to say that that is. And maybe you'll sing how sweet it is to be loved by you, to be loved by a frog, as you express this truth that comes out in ways that we don't even know. I know I sound crazy, Lois, but I am. Yeah, what if we're here to discover something that's so much bigger? The theme for this month is all you need is love. Yeah, da-da-da-da. All you need is love. And if we can believe in the book of John that God is love, well, then all you need is this divine presence as it unfolds itself through its creation. And you're that creation, but you're also the source. So going to this retreat, I pulled out all my Sufi guns and I'm reading Hazrat Anaya Khan, this beautiful book on Sufism. And he kind of stopped me in my tracks when Hazrat says, you are the source, you are the journey, and you are the goal. Whoa, I think that covers about everything, doesn't it, Lois? You're the source. La ilaha illallah, all there is is this one power. You are the journey. You are the way it unfolds. And you are the goal. It stops with you. It stops with me. This is the way the universe reveals itself endlessly anew through its creation. Now, could we be humble enough to allow ourselves to be revealed as an expression of that? So the first week of this month, I explored the idea, what do you love? And there's a beautiful phrase, do what you love and the money will follow. So what if we're here to discover what is it that our soul loves? And then knowing that that will be a divine purpose for the Dharma of our soul. Last week, I explored the idea that love is the work of your soul. Well, then when you put your personality in service to the soul, as Oprah Winfrey did, well, then you have Oprah Sundays, don't you? Because she learned by reading Gary Zukov's Seed of the Soul, when I put my personality in complete service to the soul, well, then my whole ministry changed. So through her example of someone who was courageous enough to live from soul, could we then use that as an example of how to live our life? Well, what would that look like then? If love is the purpose of your soul, well, then you're doing your loving thing, Seamus. Wherever you go, well, what would that look like? Well, that's for you to discover. Um, beloved Kim Brown spoke here last Sunday, and I asked her to speak on a subject called Love, Serve, and Remember. And I had an ulterior motive, because when Ram Das came to this country and left his Sadhguru, his Sadhguru told him, Ram Das, you are here to love, to serve, and remember. And so from that call from his Sadhguru, to love, to bring the love, which is the work of your soul, to serve the one and the many and the many and the one, because it's all the same. Could we serve each other? 
and then remember. It says in the Quran, when you remember him, he remembers you. So what if our, our whole purpose is to remember the truth? Well, all there is is when Tia did that beautiful treatment. She says, all there is is God, all there is is love. And when I remember that essential truth, well, then it's not me and God. Well, it's just this something that is expressing and revealing and knowing and declaring and witnessing and remembering. Wow. And then the truth kind of flowers within its creation. It's not a knowledge that comes from the intellect. It's a gnosis that comes from the soul. Well, that's that deep intuitive place, Miss Tia. You know, it's where the insight is born. It's not conceptually logical because it's illogical. It's it's so much bigger. You mean I'm everything and I'm nothing? Yeah, well, that's kind of spooky. I'm the penguin and I'm the one holding the penguin. Or as Seamus said, I'm the seed, I'm the sower, and I'm the soil. Well, that somebody else had said it, but he referenced it this morning. So you're the seed potential of this divine love. You're the soil, the consciousness in which it all grows. And you are the one setting the intention by showing up here this Sunday morning to plant a seed of intention, to grow where you're planted, to embrace the life that you've been given, to begin to see with the mind of light, not with the local egoic programmed conditioned mind. My Zen calendar this morning was Albert K. Moo. And it said, stop waiting for judgment day. All of you out there who are waiting for it, it's right now, so get with the program. <laughs> it gave me a chortle. So it's not someday when we're gonna be at the pearly gates and we're gonna be asked that simple question, did you fulfill love's purpose while you were here on planet Earth? It's right now. Are you fulfilling it by showing up for this moment, learning the lessons of love and learning the lessons of hope, which is what I'm talking about today? We're here to learn the lessons. There's nothing like going to a family reunion to learn lessons on love. And I know that Thanksgiving is coming up and speaking of family reunions, um, we're having our Founders Day picnic a week from this next Saturday, which is November 5th. Lois, you and Marianne are invited to come since you are the uh, prodigal daughters that have left the flock 30 years ago and now they have returned out of the clear blue. Who would have thought? I got a phone call from one of our members that had left the church maybe 10 years ago and he fell and he thought, I thought this was the end. And then I realized I got to get my ass back in church. I said, yeah, maybe you do because you want to make sure you got that fire insurance. Not that we need fire insurance here. And then you play the game. Yeah, so we're going to have a family reunion and beloved Mark Accomando is coming all the way from Palm Springs to show up for the picnic with his husband. Yes, we are liberal. We do gay weddings. I'm not sure if we're doing the lesbian wedding next week because they haven't. Well, anyway, and we are a place that will honor that. You know, this lovely lesbian couple sought everywhere to get married and they couldn't find a place. And I said, hello, you can do it here. And Marie says, can we crash the wedding? I said, no, 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 we, we don't crash. But it'll be a beautiful affair. And her father can walk her down the aisle and she can wear the wedding dress that she wanted to wear. Isn't that nice that we still have equality of marriage, even in a banana republic like Alabama is reputed to be? No, I'm going to fight for gay rights right up to the end. Right, Janet? We're going to fight for gay marriage and, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, so we are kind of a, a revolutionary teaching. Um, I was talking to sweet Adam about how they're going to raise his little boy. The wife's evangelical and then we're what, whatever we are. How do you reconcile those two 
different things. And I says, well, in the evangelical thing, they make it all about Jesus. In our teaching, we make it about the Christ, which is the consciousness that we all share. So could we let go of the messenger and really understand what he was pointing toward, which was to love one another as I have loved you, to serve with your whole heart. If you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And remember, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, because all there is is the one. So he was the great messenger, and we've made him the great exception. So our job at the Center for Spiritual Living is to be ambassadors of truth. I love to reference the Hopi prophecy. And they say, we're all in the river, and this is the river of life. This is the river of evolution. Notice who's in the river with you, who's consciously evolving. Notice who's not in the river, who's on the shoreline, who refuses to jump in this river of transformation. These are the Hopi Indians. They say the day of the lone wolf is over. It's not about the individual anymore. The day of the lone wolf is over. They say, um, at this stage of your spiritual evolution, we need to keep our head above water, to keep our vision forward, don't look back. And more than anything, at this stage of your spiritual journey, you cannot afford to take anything personally. Whoa, that means you can't get your feelings hurt, Kelly, if someone doesn't smile at you. If someone says, you created this bucket of you-know-what, Lois, and you, you know, they didn't mean it personally. Yeah, I don't take it personally. You know, if they're pushing your buttons, they're exposing the buttons to you. Praise Jesus, you know. We finally reveal those buttons that are caused to your suffering. So then you begin to wake up. And that's the beautiful thing. And so they, at the end of the Hopi prophecy says, you are the ones that we've been waiting for. You are this evolutionary consciousness on planet Earth. And it's imperative right now that we wake up to the sacredness of it all. That we have a sense of hope and pride. <coughs> I pulled out my little Matty Stepanek book, this young man who made his transition way too early. And this is for Eugene. He does a little poem for hope at the end of the book. Well, and I thought it would be appropriate, Matty. You know, considering Ukraine, considering that fate of our democracy, God knows what's going to happen with our country and the environment. So Matty talks about hope as the solution. Here's what he says. I need a hope. I need a new hope, he says. A hope that reaches for the stars and that does not end in violence or war. I need a hope that makes peace on our earth and that does not create evil in the world. I need a hope that finds cures for all our diseases and that does not make people hurt in their bodies or in their hearts. Maddie had an uncontrollable disease that got all his siblings and ultimately got him in the end. And so he's saying, I need hope that someone will find a cure for whatever it is that ailed him that does not make people hurt in their bodies or in their hearts, and most of all, in their spirits. Yes, he says, I need a new hope to you. A new hope, he says a second time. A hope that inspires me to live and to make all these things happen so that the whole world can love the new hope too. I wanna make all these things happen, Lois, so that the world can have a new hope too. Oh. So are you hopeful? Are you hopeful that we might find our better angels? When they had the inauguration last year or two years ago, when Biden was finally named president after the insurrection, a young black girl read a tribute. Her name is Amanda Gorman. 
and she brought tears to my eyes because she talked about the lessons of growing up as a young black girl in America and how maybe this could help us rise into a higher order of being. She was one of the voices of this evolutionary thrust. So I just want to give you a tiny taste of her. I found her, her uh, statement still moving in my heart. She says, we will not march back to what was. For all of you people who are talking civil war, we will not march back to what was, but we shall move to what shall be in a country that is abused, but bruised, but yet we're whole. We're benevolent and we're bold. Such beautiful words from a young girl. We're fierce and we're free. You tell it like it is, Amanda. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance for the next generation. It's important that you stand up to truth and you dare to speak truth to power. I'm a gay, proud man in Alabama and I'm married to my husband for six years, Barbara, even though we've been together for 50. And I'm proud of it, six years and holding. Our blunders become their burdens. But one thing is certain, she says, if we merge mercy with might and might with right, Miss Susan, well then love becomes our legacy and change is our children's birthright. Love becomes our legacy and change is our children's birthright. Don't we wanna leave our children a planet that is sustainable, where the trees can produce the oxygen so that the coral reefs can survive so that we can thrive as a planet. I mean, isn't that what we want to leave little Maddie? She goes on to say, so let us leave behind a country that's better than the one that we are left with. Every breath from my bronze pounded chest, we will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one, she says. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the West. We will rise from the windswept northeast where our forefathers first realized that we are the successors of a country and a time. And then she references herself where a skinny black girl descended from slaves and raised by a single mother can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting to a president. So she's reciting to President Biden and her goal is to become president, Paula. The skinny little black girl, a descendant of slaves. I think that's pretty admirable, don't you think? And yes, she says, it brings tears to my eyes. We're far from polished and far from pristine, she says. But that doesn't mean that we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with a sense of purpose, to compose a country that's committed to all cultures and all colors, all characters and all conditions of humankind. And so we lift our gazes, not to what stands between us, but rather what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. Well, I kind of like that she's saying to put our differences aside and let's come together. Kumbaya, kumbaya. Tell it like it is. We lay down our arms so that we can reach out our arms to one another.
Think about the Ukrainians, how they would love to put their arms down. Mm. We seek harm to none and we seek harmony to all. Well, I think that's kind of poetic, Seamus. We seek harm to none and harmony to all. I like the way she phrases things. At the end of this lovely little thing, she says, that is the promise of revolution. We will rise from the lake rim cities of the Midwestern, Midwestern states, and we will rise from the sun-baked south. I guess that would be us. And we will rebuild and reconcile and recover in every known rock of our nation, in every corner called our country, our people, both diverse and beautiful, will emerge battered and yet beautiful. And when day comes, we step out of the shade of flame and unafraid. This new dawn blooms as we free it. For there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it. Well, I think that rhymes, Barbara. There's always light if we're brave enough to see it. If only we're brave enough to be it, she asks. If only we're brave enough to be it. If you see it, you got it. So if you're seeing the light, it's because the light is awakening within you. So could we let that be the lesson of this experience here on planet Earth, that we get to rise up together in service to something greater than what we've been serving, because there's an imperative right now that we learn the lessons of love. Well, what lessons have you learned, Ms. Gigi? What lessons have you learned? That hope springs eternal? Trey asked me, he always says, what are you speaking about on Sunday? And I said, I'm speaking about lessons in love and lessons in hope. And he says, ah, well, talk about the garden because that's a lesson in hope. You know, you go out there and you don't know what's going to survive. And of course, I brought in all the house plants when it got cold and he thought the house looked like a, a jungle. So he's carrying the plants out now, letting them survive the cold weather. And so it's, I said to the primrose, I said, well, this is a lesson in hope for you, <laughs> my dear, because he puts you out in the cold weather and it's sink or swim, right, Gigi? So, you know, the citrus tree is going to be in the ground now and we'll see if she survives. And a lot of them do. That's the surprising thing because we've adapted. When I first moved to the south, um, I used to go down to Florida to see all the camellias, the camellia japonicas. You know what camellias are here in the south? The camellia japonica likes to grow in the deep south. It doesn't like to grow up here in the north. But because we have a thing called global warming, all my camellia japonicas are doing just fine up here. Every single one of them is as healthy as a horse. In fact, I have a palm tree growing in my yard because it's just fine because it's warm enough now here that I can have a palm tree in my front yard. So I'm beginning to wonder about those um, sugar maples. They don't like it down here because it's kind of hot. And my big old sugar maples, this is the furthest south they're going. And so I talk to them every day. I hope you will survive another year. You know, it's the dance in the garden where you tend it with love and you see things coming back and you, you nurture them. And isn't that what life is all about? It's just tending your own garden. There's a wonderful book called Candide by Camus. And it's the story of a young man in France who goes, and they even did a musical called Candide. He goes searching for his true nature all over the world. And he goes, you know, up and down and over and about. And then at the end of this beautiful book and musical and play, he arrives where he started the journey. And the, the end of the journey is so powerful. He said, 
I guess all we're ever here really to do is to tend our own garden. You get back at the journey. Remember, you're the source, you're the journey, and you're the goal. And, and you ended up right here where you started, Lois Pride. 33 years ago, you walked down that aisle and you sat in that chair. It's a different building, but it's the same woman. Have you evolved since then? That is the question. Have any of us evolved? Evolved in 33 years. You know, the science of mind is about involution and evolution. And so it's a constant challenge to keep evolving into less of you and more of that. Well, what do you mean more of that? Well, all there is is that la hi la hi la la. There's only that. There's only the beloved. I pulled out my little book, For the Love of God, and saw some of the greatest minds on the planet all talking about that, 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 you are that. And I opened it to Patricia's son, who's a shamanic woman. And here's how she describes the lessons of love that you and I are in kind of an organic sort of way. She says, the human race is in the midst of an evolutionary leap. A leap of consciousness and capacity in order to perceive differently. We're shifting our perception. Remember, it's not the lone wolf anymore. It's not about you, as Llewellyn would say. It's about that. It's about the one. It's always been about the one. So could we be an instrument for that one? Well, that's what she's pointing to. Our ability to perceive God is expanding because we're learning how to get out of the way of stopping that connection. Whoa, I think it's the rainbow connection they're talking about, Raul. The connection to the infinite creative powers of the universe. I wonder if we could connect to that. The one voice, the one life. Could we listen to it? It's the still small voice that doesn't get louder but gets clearer when we become still. Well, what if it's the voice of silence itself? What is silence saying? Here's a thought, but don't think too much. So could we open to the mystery, she's asking us. Developing a personal relationship with God is not something we need to do as much as something that we need to stop doing. <laughs> That's for you, Miss Mary. We need to quit getting in the way of the relationship that already exists. It's already there. It's the breath within your breath. It's how you play, Miss Tia. It's how you paint. It's how you make love in the moment. It's how you twirl in your red dress. It's all the beloved, right? So we need to quit getting in the way of a relationship that already exists. Ultimately, she says, you just need to chill. You need to relax. You need to open. You need to trust. You need to say, yes, this life belongs to you, beloved. Do with it as you will. Well, that sounds kind of sexy, Lois, doesn't it? Just offer yourself... This life belongs to you. Use me, oh God, I stand for you. That's right, Seamus. And allow love to vibrate within you. Allow love to vibrate within you. Oh, I guess it's a vibration. Could you feel that love vibration? Allow it to vibrate within you, she says. Allow ourselves to really feel into God. Feel into God. Feel into love. Feel into harmony. Feel into peace. You're not going to get there with a concept. You're going to get there with a felt awareness. So he says, she says, we can choose to allow a loving, alive feeling to vibrate within us at any time in our life. And when I genuinely feel this love, well, guess what? She says, in those moments, I'm expressing 
and experiencing the God of my being. Well, when I feel love, I'm being godlike. I think so. Well, what opens your heart? What opens your heart? Does tending a little flower open your heart to you? Does making spaghetti the way you want to make it open your heart, Miss Susan? Instead of the way the world tells you to make the spaghetti, you could actually put some garlic in there and it can taste good. Well, I think then the soul is free. Yeah, to, there's only one thing stopping us from having heaven on earth, something that we simply can't believe that it can be. Well, I'm telling you, you can have heaven right here on earth. Jesus is the kingdom of heaven is within us and all around us, but we don't see it. And once you find it, you see it everywhere revealed. So she's saying the same thing. The kingdom of heaven is spread out upon the earth. It's time to start seeing it. And the beautiful trees that are changing colors and the birds that are singing for you. They're singing for you. Did you know that? They're singing for you. Are you listening to them when they sing? She says, to, to be live it. Be hyphen live. To be live it. To be live it. We have to be more innocent, more childlike, and allow the goodness to be our guide. To be like a child if you would enter the kingdom. To find that innocent spirit that can marvel at a sunrise. We took the pug out for his walk this morning. You know, he's blind and deaf. And as we're walking around the corner, Trey said, oh my God, look at the sky. All of a sudden, it had turned bright, bright pink. And had I been so caught up in what I was doing, I would have missed that beautiful sky that was just coming to be recognized. So what if life is always surprising us and it asks us just to stop long enough to say, I witness you. Am I not your Lord? Yes, I witness you. I see your beauty. I remember you. I'm remembering who I am. Then nothing in the world will stop us from our universal phenomenon of having heaven right here on earth, for it is the natural unfolding of life itself to see that it's all heaven, and it's all here, and it's all here for us. The lessons of love. I pulled out my healers on healing, and there's an article in here by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And in that, as a doctor, a medical doctor, she talked about when the AIDS crisis hit in the 90s and the 80s, and how they were children that had suffered AIDS. And um, they found out miraculously that when the nurses would hold the AIDS babies, they would oftentimes go into remission. And so they had um, rats, rabbits, in the test room. And Elizabeth Kubler-Ross said, we had the rabbits with AIDS. And then we had the, the, the instruction. These nurses will hug these rabbits and give them love. And these rabbits will be ignored. And they found out that the rabbits that were loved would heal. Well, that's a lesson in love, don't you think? That if you give something love, the energy of that very love, whether it's holding a rabbit or an infant that has AIDS, the tendency to survive a crisis that they wouldn't have hitherto survived. Well, that may be anecdotal, but I think it's pointing towards something, that there's a love here. We were talking in our revealing service what it is that this center offers. And it, for me, it offers a space where we can be held, where we can be loved for who we are, you know, where we can find the Anamkara within ourselves. My prayer partner sent me um, a photograph of the Anamkara, and it was two hearts <laughs> overlapping. And it says, when you meet your Anamkara, you're meeting a reflection of your soul. Gigi and Raul are Anamkaras, you know. As much as I, you think that it's because she's a hot, beautiful thing, no, 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 it's because your soul and her soul merged in this place where there's one soul. So could we be the center of the Anamkara? 
where we come together to meet in this life that we all share, an eternal life. And then we're going to sing the Rainbow Connection when you're ready, Raul. So we're going to go back to the to the bell. And um, Bob and Raul wanted to offer a gift of music this Sunday morning. And are you ready, Bob? And we'll just do the Rainbow Connection. And um, this is Jody Brooks' favorite song. How are we going to do it? Oh, we'll just we'll just sing. Okay. And then from that beautiful song, I'll take us into a closing meditation. So allow your child of wonder to enter into this experience. Think of Kermit the Frog up here, singing to Miss Piggy, the Miss Piggy of the universe. There's so many songs of rainbow and what's on the other. Rainbows are visions, but only illusions, and rainbows have nothing. So we've been told and some choose to believe it. I know someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Is that every wish could be heard and answered when wished on the morning? He thought of that. Look what is done so far. What's so amazing that keeps us stargazing and what we think we might see? Someday we'll find it, rainbow connection, the dreamer and me. That is probably the magic. Have you been half asleep and have voices? I've heard them calling my name. Is this a sweet sound that calls the young sailors? The voice might be one and the same. I've heard it too many to ignore it. It's something that I'm supposed to be. Someday.
find it. A rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. They will find it. A rainbow connection. The lovers, the dreamers, and me. So we open to the lover, to the dreamer, to that space within us, that connection to the one life. It is said that we all seek that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow when that may never happen, and yet the rainbow is always happening. And so we come here to make the rainbow connection to that which is always happening where the lover can awaken within us, the dreamer can awaken within us, the dream can awaken. Amanda Gorman's dream that we would rise up together as one country united in our diversity as a free, loving place of inclusivity, of expanded awareness. And so we take on the mantle of the truth teachers here at the Center for Spiritual Living. The truth unhides itself. The truth is incontrovertible. It's not bound by a religion or a container, but is universal. And so we open to that call from deep within, that heavenly guidance system that is available to each one of us by lowly listening. And we tune into it. We can call it the rainbow connection if you choose. We can call it uh, the peace that passes all understanding. We can call it unconditional love and acceptance. We can call it mm, the spirit of joy. Uh, and then we smile because something is alive within us and all around us. And we are honoring that aliveness. Howard Thurman said, find out what brings you alive and then do that. And so we come here to discover what brings us alive. Where is this rainbow connection igniting within us in the lessons of love and hope so that we might be ambassadors for an expanded consciousness here on planet Earth to save the sacred lands that are so precious, an aspect of our own self. We are the sower, we are the seed, and we are the soil. And so we come here to create a soil of receptivity within the fabric of our consciousness. We plant the seeds of empowerment and grace and trust. And we journey one breath at a time into the sacred now moment and we smile. This is the moment the Lord has made. We rejoice and are glad in it. And from this space, life unfolds with ease and grace, with faith and certainty that we have started the ball in motion of a new emerging planet Earth which shines from the hilltops 
to the deep south, to the northwest, all parts in between, below and above, within and all around. It's all you. It's all here for us. It's all sacred. Mm. Let's take a deep integrating breath. And let's join in the heart salutation by saying to this presence, I honor you. I respect you. I love you. You are the presence of the one life unfolding. Effortlessly revealing. Beauty. Clarity. Potential and possibility. Electrifying the heart and mind with the emerging consciousness that is alive and ready to dance, exploring all the many opportunities that life has to offer. We rise up together as one life on the Rainbow Connection. And so it is. So thank you for playing with me. A picnic a week from Saturday. Yard sale two weeks from Saturday. Uh, aside from that, Wednesday night satsang, I'll be here. And uh, sign-up sheets in the other room. Oh, and there's a board meeting after the service today for all you board members. Good to see you, Joe. listening to our podcast. For more information, please visit www.cslhuntsville.org.